Good morning, Relevant. How y'all doing today? It is a an honor, you guys, to be here with you all, um, just to worship with you. Um, Muta is uh, that's my boy, uh, Christine. That's our homegirl. Uh, we love Isaiah, little Jeremiah. We love the whole family, man. And uh, you have a great leader here at Relevant, and I'm extremely proud of him and what he is doing in ministry and how God is using him. And I tell you what, he tells, you know, says uh, things about me, but I just want to affirm his friendship. There have been times where I, you ever had a low, you ever, you know, you know, we go through this Christian walk and it's ups and downs. And I tell you what, when I'm going through that low, it's him that I call and say, man, listen, man, I don't even feel like doing ministry no more. I'm tired. And then he said, man, Jay, listen, you, you have an anointing on your life. You got things for, 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 for to do for God. And uh, he continues to lift me up. I want to shout out my wife, uh, Angie. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, put your hands together. I want to affirm her. And uh, our marriage, praise the Lord, has gone to another level. And uh, we're excited about what God's doing. We got three kids. We have a 19-year-old in college. Help us, the Holy Ghost. We have a, uh, a 13-year-old. She's going to be 14. Really pray. Really pray. Uh, those of you guys who have daughters, help us. And, uh, and then we have an 11-year-old. He's uh, Jason Jr. You're going to help me out. All right. But uh, listen, I want to get into the Word today. I have a, just a quick story I want to share with you right before we begin. <clears throat> and so one day there was this uh, college professor. And this college professor was known for kind of really giving Christians a hard time. And so this young man was going to college. He was a Christian, and he was going to university, and this was his first time away from home. He had a very vibrant church experience, very, very close-knit um, walk with God. And he got into this class, this, this philosophy class. And so the first thing that this professor asked, he says, are there any Christians in here today? Are there any Christians here today? And so the young man, you know, he kind of, he's looking around, and he's, he's wondering, you know, man, is he the only one? So he kind of... He raised his hand, you know, because the reputation of this professor, how he does Christians, uh, is a little rough. And so the young man raises his hand, and he kind of looks around. He says, oh, there's usually, all, there's usually at least one in the house. He said, so young man, stand. Will you stand for us? He said, young man, I need to ask you some questions, because according to scientific analysis, God does not exist. And so the young man says, okay. He said, well, let me just ask you some questions. He said, have you ever seen this God? The young man says, well, no. He says, uh, have you ever smelled this God? The young man says, no. He says, have you ever heard audibly this, this God you, you believe in? The young man says, no. He says, have you ever tasted this God? The young man is just saying no in a kids are kind of laughing. He says, well, have you ever touched your God? Have you ever touched this God? And he says, well, no. And the professor says, he said, well, son, according to scientific analysis, God does not exist. And so the the students around him, they're kind of laughing at him, snickering at him. And and the professor went to go to his notes to start his lecture. And the young man's still standing. He said, young man, do you have something to say? He said, well, professor, I, I have a couple questions for you. He said, Professor, have you ever seen your brain? 
professor says, no. He says, well, have you ever touched your brain? The professor says, no. He said, well, have you ever smelled your brain? The professor says, no. He says, well, have you ever, have you ever tasted your brain? Have you ever heard your brain? The professor says, no. He says, well, professor, we shouldn't even be here because according to scientific analysis, you have no brain. And the professor, and the professor very profoundly had to admit, he said, well, you guys are just going to have to accept it by faith. And so today I invite you to go on this faith journey with me as we dive into the word of God and what it can do in our life. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 14, read about this story beginning in verse 22, and some of that's going to be on the screen. Well, let me just start at court toward the end, verse 28. It says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why in the world did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray together. Father, in these moments, I just ask that you do what you do. Thank you for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our story begins with Jesus immediately sending his disciples across a lake. Now, it's interesting that Jesus is always seeming to be sending his disciples across a lake, or he's always uh, challenging them to do something. And it's ironic to me that many times, when we go through life's challenges, we immediately assume that it's the enemy, it's, it's the devil, and he's on our back, and, and, and he's just pressuring us, or he's, he's, he's placed us in these circumstances. But, but this passage tells me that Jesus immediately sends his disciples across the lake. Now, you need to understand that if Jesus sends them across the lake, he already knows what's going to happen when they get out there. See, see, we need to understand that everything that we go through, everything that we face, the devil is, it's not always the devil. Sometimes God is trying to teach us something, and sometimes it's God that propels us into difficult situations. And so Jesus is, he, 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 he commands, he propels these guys. He said, go, go, go to the other side of the lake. I need to send the crowd away. He had just done this phenomenal miracle. People want to crown him king. It's not his time yet. And so he sends it, go, 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 go. I got to send this crowd away and I got to, and, and, and there's something I'm going to do with you, but they don't know it yet. And so they get into the boat as the, as the Bible says, and Jesus dismissed the crowd and he goes by himself on a mountain to pray. And let me just put a plug in for your own private time with God. Jesus.
Jesus demonstrates over and over again, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be early in the morning. Some of you guys are night owls like me, and, or some of you guys, your best part of your day is, is right there <clears throat> Excuse me, in the middle of the day. But spend some personal quality time with God each and every day. And you know what? When I, when I grew up, I grew up in a, in a kind of restrictive <laughs> religious culture. You know, they told me that I had to kneel and, and pray these long prayers. No, 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 no. Listen, you can just spend time listening to your favorite song. Spend time just maybe reading your favorite verse. Maybe, maybe listen, maybe you just jump on social media and just share what God is doing in your life. There are a lot of different ways that we can spend quality time with God. And some of, listen, some of you guys are very creative people. Some of you all want to draw and do art. This stuff blew my mind when I understood that God just wants to spend time with me how he has created me. And it doesn't look the same for me as it does for you. And so some of you guys are some serious Bible scholars. Praise the Lord for you. Listen, after about 10, 15 minutes of, of just reading the Bible, sometimes I begin to doze off. I can't even lie to y'all. You know, listen, the great, help me, Jesus, the greatest thing for insomnia is just read the scriptures. Huh? Can I get a witness in this place? You will, you will be, you will not, you will not off. But listen, God is all right. David said, listen, man, I go to sleep to the word. I wake up to the word. So ain't nothing wrong with it. And so there he is, there he is. He sends these brothers across the lake. And it's about four, three or four in the morning. And the waves are beating against them. And it's amazing how God sometimes just sends you into a storm because there's something he's trying to teach you through the storm. Listen, whatever it is you're dealing with today, there's a lesson in it for you. And if there isn't a lesson in it for you specifically, then there's a lesson that, you, that God wants to use with you for somebody else. So there he is. He's, Jesus comes out about three or four in the morning after praying, after talking with God. And the Bible says, but when the disciples saw him, they see him walking on the sea. Jesus, we know, can do anything. But right now he's... He's defying the laws of gravity. He's defying the laws of, of physics. He's, he's doing the impossible, but they don't recognize him. And so I'm asking us the question today is, is do we recognize who Jesus is? How many times has Jesus had to bail you out, but yet when we go through a situation, we act like we don't know God has the power to help us? We panic all over again like it's fresh, like it's a new experience. But if we just remembered the last time we were in a jam and how God brought us out, it should give us confidence when the next wave of trouble hits. The disciples, they've been hanging with him for at least six months. Let's just, let's just say at least six months. They see him afar off and there's out there and the Bible says, listen, the Bible says that these grown men now, grown men, I'm not talking about little kids, I'm not talking about teenagers, grown men, the Bible says, cry out, it's a ghost. I didn't make this stuff up. How's a grown man? Gonna be out there crying like a it's a ghost. Ah! 
Now, now, ladies, you got some of you married in a relationship, and you know, go on and hug you, go on and grab your man, go on and go on and let him know, you know, hey, I, I appreciate you, and and you want your man to be strong, and you want him to protect you, but but how how about if you were hanging out with him one day and something he didn't recognize came at him, and and he. You know, you have a different picture of him. You might not tell him, help us Jesus, but, but you have a different picture of these grown men. They're screaming. They're crying out. It's a ghost. They cry out in fear. And, and here's, here's the thing. I don't know how you were raised. I don't know what, 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 what your picture of God is or what it was. But, but I grew up with, with a picture of God as being this, this God who was always out to get me, like like some police officer, like an undercover undercover cop waiting for me to do something wrong, and then he was gonna he gonna strike me dead. And, and and I was raised in an environment where hell was always talking about hell. If you do this, you're gonna go to hell. You gonna do this, you're gonna go. To hell. And you're saying to yourself, man, man, everything I do, God, God trying to get me. But every time I see Jesus doing something phenomenal. He orders, he always is trying to get us not to be afraid. God is not someone to be feared. And I use the fear not to be disrespected, but God doesn't want you cringing. He doesn't want you, oh, Lord. He doesn't want you uh, behaving as a way. Well, no, we don't need to do that because we might go to hell. Listen, that hell stuff wears off real quick. God wants you to respond out of love. Out of devotion, out of passion. And so they scrying out for fear. They, they think something is coming to get them. But the Bible says immediately Jesus spoke to them. He says, take heart, y'all. They hear the familiar voice. And right now God is speaking to someone in here saying, take heart. Do not be afraid. I got you. I can handle whatever it is you're facing. I can take care of whatever it is that that you feel is just crushing you. I can give you the desires of your heart if you just give me your all. Take heart. Don't be scared of me. And then (laughs) there's a disciple, y'all. I don't know if you know him very well. He's he's always got something to say. Y'all know anybody like that? Just keep looking at me. Don't, don't turn around. Don't try to, you know, don't nudge nobody. You know, Peter, this brother Peter, Peter always got something to say. Peter's one of those people who, who they, 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 they speak before they what? Think. Oh, just, just, just verbal diarrhea. We going, no, we, this is Peter. Peter's one of those people you'd just be like, would you shut up? But Peter says, Peter, amidst the chaos, amidst the confusion, amidst his voice screaming, and he just screamed too. But, but in the midst of it, he's looking, he's saying, man, whoo, man, Jesus, if that's you, I need you to command me to do what it is you're doing. Peter is the only one. Out of 12 men in the boat who will be able to testify in glory of this miracle. 
Because the reality is, is Peter gets out of the boat and, and he begins walking on water because Jesus says, come. See, I love Jesus. Jesus is not a, uh, he doesn't wait around. If you want to step out for God, Jesus says, do it. There's no pause. There's no, well, you know, you need to be a Christian for at least, you know, three or four months and, and you need to study the Bible. No, 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 no. Listen, he doesn't care what your pedigree is. He doesn't care what your family been through. He don't care how long you've known him. If you want to step out for God, all he just says, do it. Jesus says, come on, man. Come on. He's almost daring Peter to do this miracle. You see, I'm doing and I have all power. And God is so good that he gives power to people like you and me. Who he knows he, he, he really can't trust me. Come on, let's just be honest. How many times I let him down? How many times I jumped back, God, woohoo, yeah, Jesus, you know, uh, and then something happened. I'm like, oh, man, Jesus. Uh. Even though Peter's going to deny him in two and a half years and say he doesn't know him, Jesus still allows him to do the impossible. He doesn't hold what your mess up in the future is against you. He knows how bad you can be. And he's still not turned off. He, listen, y'all, let me, let me blow your mind right now. He knows what you think. Now, for, for, I don't know about y'all. Y'all look like y'all real holy people. <laughs> but there's some stuff that goes through my mind <laughs> that, 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 that I, I'm probably not going to make it into glory. Because of some stuff. He knows. And he still keeps coming. Because he knows when you give yourself to him wholly, he can turn those thoughts into beautiful thoughts. Positive thoughts. Thoughts of productivity. Thoughts of doing ministry. He says, Peter, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man, I dare you. Get on out the boat. Now, I have to admit, y'all, I tried this one day. I just, you know, just had an encounter with God. I had just come back into the church. I was on fire for God. And, you know, I said, man, listen, man, if Peter can walk on water, and I ain't got no, you know, I don't cuss like Peter. I do cuss every now and then, help me Jesus, but I don't, you know, but not like Peter, right? You know what I'm saying? I ain't that bad, you know, and I don't be cussing out little girls around no campfire either, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't do all that type of stuff, I ain't, you know, I ain't that bad. So, 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 I was at a hotel, y'all, I'm telling the truth, I was at a hotel, went down to the pool area, and I was down there, and I said, okay, God, you know, I believe, I believe, I believe, I, if Peter can walk on water, I believe that I, that you can help me. Walk, so I, you know, you know, I started praying. So, okay, you know, Lord, forgive me for this. Forgive me. I want to make sure that, that I'm right with you. I want to make sure that everything's good. So then I got to the edge, y'all. I got to, oh, man. I got to the edge of the pool. I'm looking at the water. So, I, all right. 
any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away, all things, you know, I'm just quoting out that stuff. So I put my, put my foot out there and said, whoo, whoo, Lord, okay, all right, all right, well, all right, now we're going we gonna, to, we're going to, you know, in the name of Jesus, I want to walk on. I don't even know what the, the story, I'm just saying stuff because I, I, I believe that I can accomplish bloosh. Straight to the bottom, bloosh, you know, but then because of all the buoyancy, you know, I come right back to the top, you know, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> but the reality is, even though, listen, even though my motives were misguided, it was a selfish thing to ask for. It really didn't accomplish anything for the gospel. It really wasn't going to help anybody else. And, and yet God understood. You see, see, see when, we, when we go out there and we try to do things in our own power, in our own strength, and we have the wrong motive, sometimes God says, no, 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 I'm not going to let it happen until you get the right perspective, the right motive. Jesus never did a selfish miracle. Let me just throw this in here right now. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted at all points, yet he never sinned. Let me tell you, the hardest temptation of Christ was to not do something for himself. See, because if I have all power, you better believe I'm going to be walking on easy street. There are going to be some folk, listen, don't cross me. Talk about zapping power. Some folk just going to Bing, 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 I know what you're thinking, bing. The greatest thing Jesus ever did was never do anything selfish. That's the temptation, is to use your power for self. And so Jesus, oh man, I sink down to the bottom and I look at the story and the Bible says that that there's 11 men who never experience the miracle. There's 11 guys who just stay in the boat. What boat are you stuck in today? Why are you not experiencing the walking on water ministry, the the walking on water marriage, the the walking on water with relationships with your children, the the walking on water, uh, jumping out and maybe writing the book and the walking on water and jumping out and cutting the album and the walking on water, jumping out and and going back and getting your degree. and, And the why are you not experiencing the walking on water miracle in your life? Because the Bible tells me that, that one out of 11 is going gonna, is gonna to experience it, but the rest of us, we just, we just sit back and we just look. We look at this idiot. Here he go again. He's going to kill himself. Do you see all these waves around here? We're about to die in the boat, and he's about to get up out of the boat. Is he crazy? How many times have you been accused of being out your mind? It ain't going to work. You're too young. You're too old. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You don't have the pedigree. You're not smart enough. You're the wrong color. How many times have you been discouraged by the people who never get out of the boat? They just 
existing. And then when you get to the edge, oh, don't do that. It ain't never worked for nobody. It ain't going to work for you either. There's 11 of them, y'all. What's keeping you in the boat today? Because God has a tremendous purpose for each one of your lives. And the question is, are you walking on water in your purpose? I love church. I love the worship. But are you walking in your purpose today? So here it is, man. Peter has the courage. He exercises faith. He's walking out there. But all of a sudden, he hears the voices. He sees the circumstances, the wind, the waves. Everything is crashing around him. He begins to look around. He takes his focus off God. He takes his focus off the faith that led him out of the boat. And now he's, he's like, oh, man, hold on. What was I thinking? I should have stayed in the safety, but now it's too late. I'm out here. And so the Bible says that he begins to sink. Now, let me tell you something, y'all. When I tried my little walking on water thing at the hotel pool, you know what I'm saying? There was no begin to sink. Some of y'all going to get this tomorrow. There was no <laughs> starting to go under. <laughs> you see, the moment I stepped out, the moment I stepped on it, I immediately went under. There was no begin to sink. That that word should not even be in this path. And Peter began to sink. But but I began to understand that, that when Christ is really holding you up, even when you start to lose faith, you don't sink immediately. That's just how good God is. He doesn't let you fail and fall hard. He holds you up. You just begin to sink. He gives you the time and the opportunity to get back in line with him so you can begin walking on water again. Because yeah. I've jumped out there on faith and I've tried the impossible and I'm doing it and all of a sudden sometimes my head gets a little bigger. Oh, you know what? I am all right. I can, I can do this and all of a sudden things start crashing down. But it's God who's holding me the whole time. You just begin to sing because he gives you the time to cry out to him, to refocus. Because we all go through periods of doubt. If you don't, you're lying. We stand up here and we preach to you guys and we go home and be like, Lord, that was the worst sermon I ever preached in my life. What was I thinking? Oh, Lord, nobody going to come to the Lord. Oh, why did you call me to ministry? Why did it? Man, we listen, we agonize. And sometimes Jesus has to just like, boy, girl, the same faith that you exercised into stepping out of the boat. It's the same faith that you need to exercise every single day as you walk with God on the water. So just remind yourself of when you stepped out 
It said, man, it was all about Jesus when I stepped out. It's all about Jesus now. And let me tell you about two prayers. You can argue with me. That's fine. You might be able to find more. There are two prayers that Jesus answers immediately. Lord, forgive me. Lord, save me. You don't have to have a a litany of Bible studies. You don't have to have attended church anywhere. All you got to do is cry out, Lord, save me. And it's like Jesus is being held back and he's seeing you struggle. And when you utter those words, boom, God releases him in your life. Doesn't matter how bad you think you are. He can clean it up. He can fix it. He can help it. He can heal it. He can do the impossible. And when I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, all I see is impossible. My God, I don't even know why you mess with me. I don't even know why you do it. But God is crazy about you. And he says, come. Come on. I knew you had little faith. I knew you were going to doubt. But come on. Walk with me. Walk on water. I want to take your marriage to another level. I want to reunite you with your children. I want to help your business. I want to launch you into something you've only dreamed about. You know that stuff you daydream about? Man, I wish we could. Then you wake up and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Life. The Holy Ghost is putting something or has put something in your mind, your heart, and you're passionate about. You know how people are passionate? I know how people are passionate. Passionate people, this is what you do. When nobody asks you, you just, this is what you do. Nobody got to beg you. Nobody got to come behind you and push you. It's just a passion. It's a drive. But God has to ignite that thing. And you just got to exercise one little ounce of faith and just get out of your comfort zone. Fill out the application. Get on your computer. Start writing. Figure out where a studio is and go cut your song. Call a counselor and enroll your wife and you in the counseling. Hey, hey, hey. Huh? Get that help so you have the tools in your your marriage. You have the tools in your relationship to continue to build the biggest, the best house that you can in terms of your marriage. You need to take the step today. So today, man, here's my, here's the offer. Here's the offer. Do you want to get out of the boat today and begin walking on water with Jesus? See, because there's no reward without a risk. But the true risk is just ignoring the people who are negative. That's the risk. The people who don't have belief in you, 
You just got to be willing to ignore them. Because God believes in you. He believes in you. See, I know what you're capable of. All you got to do is step out. Step out. So here's my offer today. Here's my offer. Here's my offer. There's something right now. Right now, God has put something on your heart, your mind. I don't know what it is. Ain't none of my business. But you want to go to the next level. You want to walk on water. You want to experience what God wants you to experience. And so what I do at my church, I just simply say, listen, if that's you, just stand right where you are. Just stand. Say, yeah, God. Yeah, God. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm getting out of the boat. Your, your standing is your, is your stepping out on faith. And say, I'm going to begin this process. I'm going to fill out the application to get back into school. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue that, 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 that entrepreneurship, that business that, that's always been on my I'm going to step out. And so right now, if that's you, just stand right where you are. Just stand. Just stand. Just, just pop up. Just stand on your feet and say, I'm getting out. I'm getting out. I'm going to take the steps necessary. Maybe it's a husband. Maybe it's a wife. You say, you know what, man? We want our marriage to be the very best it can be. Maybe there's a relationship that's a challenge. And maybe you need to step out and say, you know what? Let me be the first one to say, I'm sorry. So if that's you, just stand right where you are. I just need you to stand with me. Just stand with me. Just stand with me. Just stand. Right where you are. Right where you are. Right where you are. Just stand with me. Some of y'all already walking, you're already walking on water. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're doing it. You're doing it. And you see the people that are standing, I need you to keep encouraging them. Say, man, how you're walking on water experience going? How's it going? They may turn to you and say, man, listen, I'm, <laughs> man, doubt and, and, and came in and I'm tripping. And, and they say, man, no, no, no. The same faith, the same faith that it took for you to stand today is the same faith that's going to carry you. Here's my last offer. Here's my last offer today. Somebody just needs to take the risk of saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. He's not in your life right now. You know it. And all you have to do, it's just this simple, is say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And you know what? I can't explain it, but it happens immediately. And the way you start looking at life is differently, immediately. If that's you, if that's you, just raise your hand. I know there's some connect cards at the end of the service that you're going to write down information. But if that's you, because I want to pray for both of these groups. Just raise your hand. I just need to connect with Jesus. That's, that's the risk I'm taking. Because I'm scared to death, man. I hear, I hear about all every week or whatever. I'm going to connect today. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I need you to pray with me right now. Pray with me right now. God, in this moment. Lord, I saw the hesitancy as, as people were thinking, man, should I stand? Should I, man? But God, they did it. Hallelujah. They stood, God. They're out of the boat now, God. It's just you and them. And so, God, now I ask that you propel them into that thing that your spirit has placed upon them and in them. Let them focus on you and, and begin whatever it is, God, because we want to see relevant flourish. We want to see the relevant church walking on water. 
And God, when, when, when we start seeing the negativity and, and things start coming against us, help us to continue to focus. Because it's your power. It's your might. It's your mercy. And it's your love that never ceases. You faithful, God, when we're unfaithful. You're good when we're not good. And so, God, I want to I wanna pray for the person that maybe was scared to raise their hand today. And they might raise their hand in another way. They might fill out a card and say, yeah, let me just check this box and say, yeah, I want to I wanna connect with God. I want to I wanna serve this relevant Jesus. This is our prayer today. We want to thank you for this invitation that we do not deserve, but yet we accept it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for not quitting on us. Thank you for not leaving us to ourselves. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Jesus. And we'll be careful. We'll be careful. We'll be real careful to give you all the credit for whatever it is we do in your name. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Not because we deserve it, but because we come in the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you. God bless you all. God bless you. Wow.